You're listening to Authentically Me, a podcast dedicated to activating the magic that is within us all through the power of authenticity, sharing, and transmuting with love. Here, you will find real-life experiences shared through the lens of everything is always serving. We are led through this journey by your host, Serena Rose. Serena is a ceremonialist who believes our life is just one big ceremony for our soul. Connect to your soul and enjoy the ceremony. Hello, hello. Welcome to Authentically Me Radio with myself, Serena Rose, and a special guest today named Erika. And I'm so honored to have her here for the month of February. We're diving into dating, sex, relationships, the taboos, and all of the things surrounding that. And I immediately thought of Erica to have her on the show and to be here with you guys because I personally view her as a pleasure queen and I am very excited to share her and her essence and her magic with all of you. Um, Erica, with that being said, would you introduce yourself please to the audience and just tell us who you are? Thank you, Serena. Uh, my name is Erika. You do not have to roll your R's. It's I love you. I love you. It's fun. <laughs> focus on the ka. Actually, a little tidbit. I actually can't roll my R's in other aspects of life. <laughs> <laughs> I just found out that I was like, trying to roll some other R's in Spanish and I couldn't do it. But I can roll my own name, Erika. Um, so I'm an emotional clearing practitioner. I'm one in 25 practitioners here in the United States, and it's based on the spiral, um, but I like to focus on sexuality. Sex, love, and archetypes is my jam. I love to talk about it. Um, sex is something that I have been exploring for years since I was little, and it's been my dharma. It's the one thing I avoided and the one thing that always calls me back, and it's just my way of living and I want to express my my experiences and of course giving people results um, one thing that I was coined by Miss Alexa Martinez of the kaleidoscope is sexual confidence coach so I specialize in sexual confidence and that is who I am and that more is really beautiful and my essence my essence is love and curiosity mm-hmm I see that for you, and I love that you described your essence as well, and sexual confidence coach. I absolutely see you doing that, and I resonate so much with that expression, and I think that there's so many women and men who need confidence in the realm of their sexuality because there have been taboos and things in place that you know have caused humans for whatever reason to shy away from that exploration of themselves is that something that you would agree with and or care to speak to 
Mm, yes. The first thing that I think about is Dan Savage. He has this amazing podcast and I was listening to him. He basically said that sex controls us. It lives way longer than us and we can't control it. It's like, um, it's like this gushing waterfall and you can't stop the waterfall. Like as much as like, that's how powerful sex is. It's like this waterfall that just, uh, you know, it's just ever falling and you can't control it. You can't stop or a flood, right? Like I, I relate to sexuality as nature and it's something that we can't control. Um, and then the more that we start to like fully accept that that's just our reality um, we start to become more connected to, to our soul. We start to become more connected to our path. And I know from my personal experience that I go through these waves where I am very excited about sex and then something happens and then I keep resisting and I keep resisting. But then it's just always going to be me. Like it's like sexuality is who we are, except we avoid it. And, you know, like a lot of people have so much resentment or, you know, repression because of religion and dogma. And you can't do this. Um, you can't have sex. You have to wait till marriage. We have all these rules, all these rules of how to have sex, when to have sex, when not to have sex. Mm -hmm. And it just causes us to shut down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so as you were speaking and what stuck out to me was that it can't be controlled. And so it's prompted me to this next question, which is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was your experience surrounding your man cleanse. You were very open about that journey. And so I guess, do you view that as a way where you were trying to control in some degree sexuality or what was your intention with your man cleanse? What is a man cleanse and what did you learn from it? I wanted to just like say that this is not about discrimination. A lot of people got triggered by that word. And um, I mean, I was triggered by that word. This was actually um, inspired by my soul brother, Niall. And it's again, I just wanted to just like make a note that this is not about like discriminating men or like, hey, I'm avoiding men altogether. This is not about that. This is about um, really letting go of attachments to relationships. This is about like, how can I see myself as my romantic partner? How can I fulfill myself without needing someone to validate me? And so Yes, I did this cleanse. Um, some people can call it celibacy. There was a few rules. One of the rules is do not engage with new energy. Um, of course, no, no sex for like three months. I was the one who gave myself those dates. And to not seek out romantic partners. And I had two moments where I connected with an ex-lover and then I connected with someone who I was going on a date with and that date ultimately failed. He actually canceled. And I saw it as a moment of, okay, what am I learning? What am I not learning <laughs> about myself? And so 
I'm demisexual. I love with my heart. Um, I'm kinky. Uh, that means like I like, you know, um, different sensation, blindfolds, can be ropes. Um, I'm sapiosexual. I like to be stimulated by my mind. And, and again, like the more that I started to know what do I want, what do I not want, I became very crystal clear in my journey around partnerships, around any relationships. It doesn't even have to be partnerships. It can be mm -hmm. friendships. It can be, how do you want people to talk to you? And so I really got to really connect with not just myself, but the other layers of myself, my inner child, my artist, my slut, my maiden, my priestess, my sacred slut, you know, I've connected with all the pieces. And of course, like my Latin heritage, and the, that's when you start to get clarity is to really know who you are without needing sex to like validate you. And I think sex, you know, gives us more than validation. It gives us the ability to feel our aliveness, mm -hmm. our warmth. Um, you know, during the Holocaust, I know a lot of people, I think Esther Perel, she talks about this. And Esther Perel, she has this amazing TED talk of like a million people who basically, um, she talks about desire. And she mentions that her parents during the Holocaust who kept them alive was sexuality. And I think it's so beautiful that like sex keeps us alive. And it doesn't even have to be penetration. It doesn't have to be, <clears throat> excuse me, concentrated sex. It can be, it can be like me just making love to my, my food, like that sensuality, um, dancing, like I feel like a woman connecting to her hips, like that's super erotic, um, taking pictures of herself and celebrating herself, that's, that's sexuality, that keeps us alive, right, like celebrating ourselves, that's sensuality. Yeah. I just had a quote like poop down while you were speaking and it is sex keeps us alive and gives us life. You wrote that? I just wrote it down. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Inspired by what you just said. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Mm. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. And I think sexual energy is a beautiful thing to play with and to experiment with. And I really honor you for giving yourself that playground and that permission to do that. And that's what it should be is we get to play and experiment and discover ourselves and grow, you know, together mm -hmm. and as one. So I really, really honor you for that. Um, it's inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So when I was reading your bio description, I learned something about you that I did not know. And it's super playful and amazing. Were you a dominatrix? Yes, I was. <laughs> That's amazing. I still have my moments. I still have my dominatrix moments. Yeah. I'm like, go. And yeah, like just coming in with the bio, like, boom, this is me. It's amazing. Um, so I would love to hear more about that. Like, what was your 
journey, why did you become a dominatrix and what have you learned through that experience? Oh, I, that's like, I always answer this question differently each time and it just brings a big smile to my face um, because I believe that a woman learning to be a dominatrix, she gets to find her voice. She gets to find um, how to be in control. And it's something that I actually got in college. <laughs> I was in college writing a paper on the secretary because that was my, I was taking a literature class in, in college. And I just watched this movie about the secretary and of course, it wasn't about a woman dominating. It was about a man dominating a woman. And there was a scene in the movie where, you know, she was like cutting and then he discovered, you know, that she was going through pain. And he's like, you're never going to cut yourself again. And then he were like, they replaced the pain of cutting with BDSM. And even though I've never been a cutter, I have had my moments of suicidal attempts not, I haven't actually attempted, but, um, I've, I've had those thoughts and I think that we can relate to this, right, Serena, because mm -hmm. we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. And, and I was going through a lot of pain. I was going through a lot of depression and a lot of like, you know, childhood wounds. You know, I was, um, sexually abused by a Freemason who always had control, who always had the power. And so when I thought about, wow, a man is actually submitting to me, he's, kneeling down he does he gets i get the word but of course like the submission um submission also gets um power as well and so anyways i go from being in college this really good girl to finding a post on craigslist about a secretary position and i end up working at beverly hills right next to a dungeon like literally there's a beverly hills sign so if you come to california there is this building and there was like a discreet um, location where there was like, you know, a dungeon, an actual dungeon. And I was actually really bad at being a dominatrix. Um, it was actually, it was founded by two people and I call them the evil villains because they were not the best people. Um, I did learn a little bit. I learned about humiliation. I learned about um, pegging. I learned about just like how to have a voice and how to be a bitch. <laughs> and the interesting thing is I didn't really know how to play that role because I didn't have really good mentors. Like the mentors that I had were just like, do this. It was very, there's a lot of politics. Um, and it wasn't run the, the, in the best light. So eventually I even had more trauma in the dungeon because I felt like there was no ethics, there was drugs, there was sex. You're not supposed to have sex in a dungeon, but there was a lot of things happening in this place that was really dark. And so I eventually discovered a sex positive community with Shibari, with love. There was just so much love and light that gave me hope that there's something here to BDSM. And once I started going to this one place, um, to this event called Polypalooza, Polypalooza, they had um, sex positive uh, mentors, advocates, 
and I started falling in love with sexuality. And they had three rooms. <laughs> they had the red room for sex, the white room for Tantra, the blue and black room for BDSM. I went, this feels like um, the story of the Goldilocks and the Three Bears, right? I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, have you heard of Goldilocks and the Three mm-hmm. Bears? Mm-hmm. You know, she, if you haven't heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears, it's about a girl who goes to these bears' house. She sits in the little chair and this porridge is too cold. And then she goes to the, the large, the big chair. Oh, this chair is too big. This porridge is too hot. But then she goes to the little baby chair and she's like, this is just right. So that's, that was my experience when I went to this event. And this completely changed my, tra- my trajectory for everything. Mm-hmm. So I am in the red room. And there's sex going on and I'm being really triggered. So I'm like, I'm not going into the sex room. (laughs) (laughs) And then I go to the white room for Tantra. There's like no one there. It's like crickets. I'm like, okay. Like, and I just thought it was very woo. And I eventually go to the blue and black room. And there's these two men with these big, huge flogs that sound like a windmill. And you can just hear (laughs) the sound, right? And it's like, ooh. This sounds a little bit playful and the girl is being spanked and she's, she seems fully trustworthy. She seems like completely held by these masculine men. And I sit next to this guy with a tie dye t-shirt and I'm judging him. (laughs) I'm like, who, who do you like, what do you know about BDSM? You look like a hipster guy. So I had my whole story about it. And And it's really interesting because I see life like a kaleidoscope or I see life like colors because I was in a thing called the Rainbow Girls. I was in a cult called the Rainbow Girls. So obviously there was some subconscious stuff happening. And eventually he says, I I can definitely show you and you, you can definitely trust me. And from that moment, I said, okay, let's do this. So before we get into even a BDSM session or something that way, we actually go into a deep container. So we create such a sacred container where we talk about safe words, we talk about um, childhood, we literally tap in and collect all the, the debris that is like holding me back from surrender. And I get this um, memory from my mom chasing me with a belt. <laughs> she chased me with the belt almost every day. <laughs> I was I was really naughty. And so... I released that fear. And interestingly enough, I started to hear people from the red room and I'm like, can we pause? I want to go into the red room and I go into the red room and I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. I think I'm finally accepting sexuality. I go back into the blue and black room and then we get into that session. So I finally surrender. I get flogged I'm blindfolded. People are coming into this, this room I can, I just feel more aroused. I, I literally go into subspace. And I, in that moment, I said, I found my community. This is my path. And that, that's when I started to accept my sexuality and accepted. But again, I went from dominatrix in a really bad place <laughs> to, wow, sexuality is actually empowering. It's actually sacred. It's actually beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my journey from dominatrix to where I am now. <laughs> Yeah, that's a beautiful journey. I I feel like I learned other things that I didn't know about you. Um, So essentially, 
empowerment is what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. Like being in the dominatrix role, you really discovered a lot of empowerment and freedom and it just kind of like burst everything else open for you. Um, And that um, container that you spoke of, I would love for you to share with the listeners, like, what does it look like to form a sexual container? And like, what is the purpose of that? And like, what kind of things, you know, what questions are asked, you know, just go a little bit more into detail. Mm, Yeah, this is a perfect, perfect question. Like, why? Why do that? Because I think people Mm. need this, not just in you know, dominating scenarios, but in everyday sexual scenarios too. I love the idea of having containers set and I love just the ability to share this with people. So please. Mm, Thank you so much for this question. I I always start my, my introductions with gratitude, right? That's a container, right? That even that word, thank you. That's a container opening the door, closing the door, that's a container. Um, Hello, goodbye, that's a container. Uh, A man penetrating you, like going in and out, that's a container. Um, Saying goodbye, that's a container. Like a container, and I mean, it's interesting because when I first started being on my path of spirituality, I saw the word container. And of course, most people get that whole Tupperware idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, is this a container? Are we at a Tupperware? You're not putting me in a box. That's what I think. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's it's really, and this is actually something I learned. So shout out to uh, Nyaniso and Yana from The Vow. So they are emotional clearing practitioners. They created this space and they taught me about containers And after that, I had a lot of more appreciation for what container is. Mm -hmm. And container can be a ritual. Container can be like even you starting your podcast with, hey, guys, like you introducing, right? And then you're going to wrap up. That's a container. It's a start and it's an ending. A movie is a good idea of a container. There's a beginning, middle, and end. I just shared with you my story that has a beginning, middle, and end. Um, And... And you can even have a container with yourself, right? Like lighting candles, having a bath, um, being able to purge, being able to give yourself that nourishment, right? That's a container. When it comes to sexuality, it's completely different. You don't have to create a crazy ritual. It can just be like, let's just set intentions. Um, And the best thing that I do is a safe sex elevator speech. I always bring the safe sex elevator speech to my container because I also have a sex positive group. I'm connected with sex educators. So I always like to bring their nerdy side into container. Like what's the last time you got tested for STDs, (laughs) right? Because that's also energy that I want to make sure that I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this your safe sex um, elevator? Yeah. Uh, So Reed Mahalko, another shout out. Um, Reed Mahalko is another person who's like completely changed my life around sexuality. Um, He talks about, yeah, talking about STDs, the scary thing. You want to share the scariest thing first. 
And then once you share the scariest thing first, um, you want to say the last time you got tested, your results. Do you have any agreements with anyone else? Um, the next thing is the wildest and mildest. So um, what is the wildest you want to do? Like, is it maybe you want to do kink? Maybe you want to explore pegging. <laughs> maybe you, um, it really depends upon like, what is your desire? So for me, I would always say, um, when I go to play parties, because I always share these, these conversations there, this is where I get to practice. And I always share, um, I just want a massage. Um, I want uh, my hair pulled. Maybe I want um, spanking. And so you share the scariest. Then you share, what are your likes? What are your dislikes? What do you not like? Maybe you're like, I'm not okay with butt sex. <laughs> I'm not okay with um, kissing in public, whatever it is that you're not okay with, what do you like? And then you share um, safety protocols, like do you need condoms, do you need lube, like what is it that you need? And then you say, what about you? <laughs> so I will start and I will kind of role play, role model this so people can actually practice this. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is I have HPV. Um, I got tested in February last year. Um, the last time I got tested was last year, so it's about time I get tested. And what I like with a partner right now is affection, adoration, and gosh, I feel like super vulnerable every time I do this. <laughs> the other thing that I like to do is um, sometimes blindfolds, you know, I'm open to um, being tied up. And what I'm not okay with, I'm not okay with butt sex. Um, I, re I do desire condoms, lube, and that's my safe sex elevator speech. So that's a container, right? That's, you're bringing that type of trust into the conversation. That is a very powerful way of creating a container. Another way of creating a container, if you want to bring in the woo, if you want to bring in something sacred, you can bring, and again, this is inspired by Yana Nyaniso, you can bring in um, candles, um, you can bring in like a jar of water, and you can just set your intentions, like my intentions is to play, to have fun, to explore, and then you let them <clears throat> share their intentions, and then you're both in that sacred space breathing together, and then after that, then you could do whatever you want. <laughs> it's really up to you. And of course, once you close the container, it's really about surrendering to the unexpected. And um, I wanted to quote my friend Matthias. He says that when a, when a man is able to fully let go, it's because you created a container so strong that he is there for you to show you the masculine. So when you as a woman are able to create the container in your language, in how you show up, the man is fully able to let go and show up in his heart. So that is the, that is what happens when you create container is like, there's more trust, there's more communication, you're able to really develop like a long term friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Mm. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable with us as well. I appreciate that. And I, yeah, I, 
I personally practice establishing containers and agreements and those things, and it is not always comfortable. And so I love that we're speaking to this and sharing the benefits and just going there because it needs to be talked about. And I love your friend's quote too. And I'm like, I'm ready. Let me set a safe container. I'm ready for a man to, to show up at his masculine. That's, it's good. I'm feeling it. Mm, yeah. And I wanted to add to that. This is something I'm learning from creating containers from past relationships is sometimes if you, your dynamic wants to change, maybe you're like, oh yes, I'm this beautiful waterfall, but now I want to be a lake or you just want to change the dynamic is you have to also realize that it doesn't change automatically. Um, you can't change that container. Um, until you fully, fully know who you are in that relationship. And it's something that um, comes down with like fully being authentic and being authentic. Most people don't want to mm -hmm. be authentic. Like, how do you really feel? For example, telling someone, I love you. That's scary for some people, mm -hmm. but that's authenticity, right? Most people don't say it because you know what, I've been hurt the last five times. But if, if that's just who you are, if that's your nature, you know, you can't really change your nature. Mm -hmm. And when someone fully meets you in that moment, you know, you just have to let go of expectations. And this is something that I'm also learning is sometimes I always have expectations that the worst is always going to happen. That's always like, there's always a layer of me. It's like, there's something bad's going to happen. Instead of like, what if I let go of that story and just see what happens without any expectations? Mm -hmm. What yeah. if I can love fully and maybe a hundred people say no, but maybe out of a hundred people, there will be that one person. Yeah, I feel that. I recently have been letting go of those expectations and fears and stories as I navigate dating and sex and relationships myself. And there's this little part of me that I guess similar to you um, is attaching to the resentment of it. Like for example, recently I opened my heart and I said the scary things. I said the I love you words and set all the containers and I did all the things that I'm like supposed to do, you know, um, and we're not together. We're not sharing space anymore. And so I've really embodied this expansion of my heart and releasing, you know, the resentment and um, expectations, attachments and all of those things. And it's so beautiful. I feel really happy and it's been nice to let go of all of those things and to just learn how to love myself more and to love others more and it can be scary and you know there's that 
whispering voice that like wants to hold on to the resentments and the sadness and all of that. But um, deep down, that's nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be sad or uncomfortable. It's up to us to decide for ourselves to navigate things with love and to meet ourselves wherever we are and whatever relations we're having. I I can relate to that vulnerability. It's um, and I can relate to this in terms of like viewing my my mother and older generations, right? Like there's generations that when you get older, some of them feel jaded or they say, "I don't need a man. I already been through this enough. I don't want to go through pain again." People avoid pain because it's easy. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had those days where I'm just going to do this man detox, but it's coming from resentment, right? Like I did, I actually didn't go into the detox from that place. I came from, okay, this is my friend's idea. And so we'll have, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Intention Mm -hmm. is really big, really, really big um, tool for this life. So I resonate with you on many levels. I view you as a beautiful soul sister of mine. And part of that is because we both feel deeply and share vulnerably as we've already displayed here on this episode. I imagine that we have similar values when it comes to dating and communicating. And so I'm curious, what is it like to date as Erica? What is that like? Mm. Wow, you asked the big questions, woman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Dating. Uh, It's it's really interesting um, since I think you even mentioned this before about poly and monogamous. I... When I first started dating, it was fully monogamous because it came from that world. And then I started getting into the spiritual community. And it's almost like that's kind of what the spiritual community is known for, being polyamorous. And I just had this belief system that, hey, maybe I'm just supposed to accept that I'm always, I have to be poly. Um, And so the last few times that I have dated has been open. It has been um, open, but there was no um, ethics. And so there's a difference between poly because I do have friends that are fully poly and they have pods and they have really strong containers. Um, There's certain people that have that personality that have that strong mindset and they have that communication skills that they can be poly. And I think there's a beautiful aspect to polyamory where you learn compersion. You learn how to let go of the idea of jealousy. Mm-hmm. You're also very honest. You're also very transparent. This is what I like. You can even share, hey, I really find this person attractive. And just witnessing that person and learning how to experience true freedom in a relationship. That's what poly and dating has taught me. Monogamy because I came from that world, um, I liked it because it was consistent, it was safe, it was secure. I knew what was happening. Um, I really liked the check-ins, but there was an aspect of jealousy and um, 
secretiveness that I personally did not like because I also saw friends that were in monogamous relationships and coming from my background, Latina, infidelity, cheating is pretty high for most Mexican or Spanish speaking households. It's pretty high. Like my mother caught my, well, she didn't catch my dad. She's found some underwear. She found some lingerie in my dad's bed. And then she was like, okay, so this is what cheating is. And there was no container. There was no conversation. There was no personal development. It was like, you cheated on me. I'm leaving. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very unconscious. There was no love. And so I'm not saying that monogamy is better or poly is better. I want to create my own style of dating. Um, For me, the, the person that I date the most is myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I married myself last year, July 17th, 2019. And I decided, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a reminder to date myself first. Um, I haven't been actively dating. I haven't been actively looking for it, but I have had a lot of beautiful sexual experiences that we talk about. Um, it, and it always happens organically. I'll just be online and some beautiful man will message me and then we'll end up Facebooking or just messaging all the time. And then I'll eventually meet them. And then it'll just mostly be a sexual um, adventure. And those men are great. Like I have no regrets um, about those men. So I do have a loving relationship with these men. And then I also am realizing that I've had a pattern of dating narcissists or manipulators where it was just one-sided, where it was just sexual, but there was no emotional container. It was just sexual, but there was no, um, hey, how are you? How's your business? How can I support you? Like, I think that's what I value. A man who supports my business is fucking hot. <laughs> like my posts, like tell your friends, you know, support my business. That, that is a value. Like that is one of my love languages is acts of service, um, quality of time. And I thought it was physical touch and trust me, I love touch, but someone who supports my vision, someone who is walking and giving me ideas, like talk to me about business, talk to me about marketing, give me ideas like that is sexy. People don't talk about it because it's like, oh yeah, I love love and touch and romance. I mean, I think it's great, but support my vision is sexier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you there. That's for me. That's tapping into a little bit of uh, some sapiosexuality. You know, stimulating my mind and my field, not just my body and my person. So. I totally resonate with that. And I also resonate with the back and forth exploration of monogamy versus polyamory. I think it's really interesting. It's like these two worlds, you know, and Mm. that the two world um, vision is, I feel that just in my spiritual process as well. Like I've felt very in between two worlds that exist. And, um, I love how you are embarking and navigating those worlds within yourself and sharing yourself with 
this world and I'm very inspired by that and happy to be connected to you and to watch your journey and to be a part of it as well. So thank you for sharing with me, not just here, but, you know, on a personal level too. Um, I absolutely adore you. As I do, as do I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I wanted to say that I I believe that there's always going to be the next type of relationship, right? Like there's a fad and there was someone who was like asking me about um, dating and what their friends were thinking. He's like, well, my, all my friends are poly. All my friends are doing this. All my friends are married. And again, like, I really recommend that you listen to Dan Savage because like my mind was just blown and I feel like curiosity and wisdom is the medicine. Like these conversations is medicine for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was going to say is, you know, people are not married to the institution. You're not married to the government. You're not married to an idea of relationship status or look, I'm in a relationship. Most, I, most people think like, hey, if I start to be accepted, then I win. And it's not about win. Like you already won. You're alive. You're winning right now. (laughs) You're winning right now. You're breathing. You're, you know, here living in the greatest era of all time. We have technology. You can start your business right now. The only thing that's stopping you is these little belief systems. Because I do believe that there's corporations out there that don't want us to feel smart, that don't want us to feel loved. And that's why we're so like hooked on like, dopamine from our phone or needing to feel validated instead of like, Hey, let me go outside and see the sunset. Mm -hmm. Because I deserve it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Now that's like a whole nother can of worms, like getting money involved and um, how people spend their time, their energy, their money, their focus. Um, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I'm curious, what is your, philosophy on love I actually wrote it down um (laughs) I'm actually gonna look at it Pardon me, Serena. <laughs> and you're going to edit this? Or no? No. no. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to just go with my heart. And I'm not going to just, because that's something that I do. It's like sometimes I think that that's, you're just catching me in my perfectionist mind. Um, the reason why this is so important is I was just journaling about this. And it actually relates to love and money. It relates to my conditionings about how um, on my dad's side of the family, if a woman received loved or if she got money, then that meant love or her worthiness was connected to love. If he doesn't love me, then I have nothing to live for. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is what our, the songs do to us. Like, I can't live without you. I can't breathe without you. Start without you right start (laughs) listening to some of these songs and then you're going to be disgusted by how the matrix is working Mm 
So once I started journaling on this, I started to redefine what love is. Love is not about money. Love is not, you know, equated to how much sex you have. Love is how much you believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Love is universal. Love is how much you can be honest with yourself and the other. Love is being present with consciousness with God with every aspect of your body your kidneys your spleen your heart your mind your brain your mitochondria your cells it's accepting your shadow it's accepting your crazy love is loving your masculine and your feminine love is surrender to the unknown love is witnessing your self-pattern recognitions love is everything love is you love is me love is here and love is always going to be with you even when you die and in the afterlife love is always going to be with you even when you have a funeral and people are singing your praises and remembering your song that is love Girl, you got me. You got me <laughs> in the thoughts with that. And one. I did it without my journal. Yes. I'm like seriously facing a a breaking point there of tears because we've briefly skated around the topic of suicide in this conversation, mm-hmm. and you mentioned like my relationship to that because. Um, last year I had a very interesting time where I faced off with that a couple of times, not, didn't go through the act of it or anything, but I've never had those thoughts before. I've never thought like ever about killing myself or what that would be like, or in regardless of all the trauma and everything I've been through, I've just never thought about that before. And what triggered me into thinking about that was abandonment that I felt from all of my family and from relationships and just feeling so alone. I was just like, if nobody loves me, why am I here? If no one loves me and is not giving me their time and their energy and their attention, why am I here? And so my entire journey has been the self-love and finding that purpose within myself and that drive within myself and so that entire share that you just did from your heart like truly sucker punched my heart Mm. that is what my journey has been and my discovery has been over this past year so thank you for for sharing your heart Mm. you're welcome yeah and um the reason I'm mentioning love is I'm taking myself through the spiral through level. I just took myself through level four and five level four is about love and love is not what you think it is. Love is not passion. Love is not romantic. Love is not these Disney memes that we were grown up with. Um, Love is self actualization, self organization. It's openness. It's your relationship to community. Like right now, like I love you, Serena. And (laughs) this is love and 
sometimes we as women, they, we grow up with these fairy tales in our head thinking, well, I need the man. I need this thing, right? The idea of attachment. Um, and it's possible that like you already have all the love. I mean, some of the happiest people um, are actually the poorest people. And some of the unhappiest people are the richest people that have everything. They have chandeliers, they have all the houses, but they don't feel enough. And so I feel full, <laughs> like I'm so full with like everything because I, I do so much for myself. Like, right, if I didn't do much for myself, and I'm not doing personal development for anyone. I'm not journaling for anyone or trying to like get somewhere. It's like, I need to get this lesson for me. Yeah. Because if not, no one's going to give me that. Like only I do. So um, the reason I mentioned the spiral is because I realized that I didn't fully accept myself, that I was explaining myself away things. I was just like trying to like, oh, well, this is why this is why I fail. This is why I'm not loved, right? It's so easy to go into reason. But when you fully accept yourself, mm -hmm. you become unfuckwithable. Absolutely. It's a whole nother vibe. And yeah, I would say that we as humans are more than capable of discovering that love. It exists around us all the time. It's just a matter of tapping into it. It exists within us and around us. And it's there. So I'm happy that humans like you and I exist to share that with people. And for anyone listening who would like to tap into the frequency of love more, um, please consult with Erica and receive spiral from her, the spiral from her. I'm sure that she would be honored to share that practice with you and help you discover that within yourself and everything that the spiral has to offer. Um, there will be link in the show notes for those interested to receive from her. And just kind of like a wrapping up question. Can you leave the listeners with what is your best dating sex and or relationship advice? Hmm. That's a really good question. Dating, sex, they're all connected, mm -hmm. right? Like you're just creating intimacy. It really comes down to intimacy and intimacy is, yes, I can say um, into me, you see, into me, you see my fear, into me, you see my conditionings, into me, you see the patterns. And I, yes, it is a very poetic way of saying things. I kind of talk like um, a fortune cookie, as I once mm -hmm. said, but mm -hmm. it really comes down to like, are you really getting to know you? Like no other partner, no other man can tell you this, but this is something that's coming through because this is actually something I got from London. And I'm really tuning into the courtesan energy this year for 2020. I always like call in an energy last year was Frida Kahlo, this year's Matahari. And when you're a woman and you realize that you have all the power, like you have all the power, there is people, there's men that would pay for pussy, right? Like that's how powerful we are. Mm -hmm. Men pay for pussy. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real. So when you just lean back, when you don't have to like do much, 
you just be, you can just go out there, go to the beach and just allow yourself to be in the feminine. Um, you know, and the other thing that you need is sisterhood. This is something that my friend Kara Gilligan, um, who, you know, she works with like Lilith energy and like so much, um, amazing energy. Um, the courtesan energy is she just gets to lean back and watch. Like if you imagine a queen, she's on her throne. She knows that things are happening. Like she knows that she has all the power. She just gets to lean back. And of course she has her counsel, right? You have your sisterhood, like use your sisterhood to have them hold space. You don't want to use your man as your therapist. You don't want to bring all your stuff to him, right? You want to have that with your sisters. And then of course, just like the self-pleasure, like learning to love your body, learning to like talk to your pussy, learning, this is for the women. Guys too, like I, I know that you're connected with Adam Roa. Adam Roa like talks about like loving yourself or you are permission, um, um, what's that one? <laughs> I don't know, I'm forgetting it. You are what you, you are who you, you are who you've been looking for. When you realize you are who you've been looking for, it's right in front of you. You just have to like really look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm a badass. Mm -hmm. um, and for me with this courtesan energy for 2020, I really feel like this is the energy of divine union, like within your sexuality, you know, like pleasuring yourself, but it's not just like, it doesn't have to just be on the bed lying down with your vibrator or your yoni wand. It can be like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to smell the roses. I'm going to go out there and like really marvel at what's happening around me. What are my friends up to? What's happening in the world? Like that is intimacy. That is the energy of the courtesan. It's like, ah, oh, just like feel the flavor mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. So that's my, my advice. <laughs> yes. I love that. And is there anything else that you care to share before we part ways today? Hmm. I know there's like something else coming through. Yeah, d develop your archetype. Like that's actually one of my favorite things I do with clients is developing the archetype. Um, playing with archetypes is so much fun. Um, I took myself through level five and my intention is to step into the courtesan. And ironically, Black Mamba kept coming up and Black Mamba was actually Kobe Bryant's um, archetype, right? Black Mamba is like this fierce, um, she's ready to kill, right? It sounds like some people are like, oh no, like don't kill, but we have it in us, right? Like to defend ourselves. Like a lot of us are afraid that we actually have that ability within us mm -hmm. is um, the ability to love passionately, but kill for what we we want right mm -hmm. and Mata Hari Mata Hari is she was a sensual dancer but she also um was able to like she was also a spy she was also able to like navigate different versions of herself so if we also learn how to tune in with um our our like masculine self that warrior self as well as our sensual self we find balance so go go take a uh a fighting class, go learn jujitsu. Like I love to play into my fighting role. That gets me, that gives me so much energy. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's my invitation is when you play with your archetype, play with all aspects. And that's what I love, like love to play with. And 
that's one of the things that I'm going to be offering to you is um, my GG course price. So anyone who wants to do the spiral, um, any listeners, they get to do it at my my original rate because right now my um, other rate is 1111 and now it's 555 for your viewers with payment oh, plans included. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Well, on behalf of everybody listening and myself, I love you. Thank you for being here and sharing yourself today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being here. It is an honor to share with each and every one of you authentically. If you would like to receive in a deeper way, visit our website at authenticallymeradio.com or bookserenarose.com. Remember, you are exactly where you are supposed to be doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing, and you are loved.